Welcome to the ACO Show. We're very excited today to have the Director of Implementation at Allidade, Stephanie Gallup. We have an interesting conversation about how service plays into Allidade's mission and how you get a practice set up for success in value-based care. Enjoy. I'm Josh Israel, Medical Director at Allidade. Welcome to the ACO Show. And I'm Joe Schoenkreiler, the VP of Adoption and Training here at Allidade, and we are very pleased to have Stephanie Gallup with us, the Director of Implementation. Thanks for joining us, Steph. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, you know, as many folks who join us here, um, it's useful to set up what that role actually means for you at Allidade. So what is implementation for Allidade? Yeah. For Allidate is it an interesting qualifier? Because I think that implementation is a term that's used throughout the industry, um, industry being healthcare. Uh, and for us, it's it's really more than just the introduction of technology, which is what people think of implementation to be typically. Um, we are not only implementing really cool data services, we're also implementing um, a support model as well. Um, we're giving you elbow to elbow support in your practices. We're helping you understand the tricky world of value-based care. Um, we are deciphering for you some of the language from CMS and other other entities that can be quite tricky to understand. Um, so when I say implementation for Allidate, it really is um, a full-fledged service um, focusing on change management and the technology aspect as well. Having you here today made me think about some of the origins of this podcast. When we were talking about launching it here, there was some internal debate about whether we should be talking very frankly about how this company works and what we do. You know, Are we going to be giving away yeah. trade secrets? Yeah. Um, and our CEO, Farzad Mostashari, weighed in very strongly in something that has really stuck with me, that it's about the execution, mm -hmm. that we could tell the world exactly what we do, and they couldn't necessarily do it. Uh, and I've thought about this in terms of parenting. You know, Joe, jo, you and I both have kids at home. I have two teenagers, and I've read a lot of books on exactly how to parent. Yeah. Right? I, I've yeah. read The Trade Secrets, and I don't always implement it well. <laughs> you know? So when you think about implementation... What are the challenges? You know, what makes it something that just not everybody is doing yeah. so easily? Well, that's actually a really interesting corollary, right? Because what you're talking about is procedure, right? Like you cannot, the parenting books that are written are telling you how to do something. They're telling you, you know, do not yell at your children or yell at your children, depending <laughs> upon which book you read. Um, that's the one I read. <laughs> so yell. yell. It's just yell exclamation Repeatedly. point is the title. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you'll have to send me that book. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, for us, I think what makes us a little bit different is we're rallied around a purpose. Um, and I think that that's what makes us different. That's what makes us stand out. And that's why others can't really translate the work that we're doing. And our purpose is to really build a solid foundation of a relationship with our new practices. Anyone who works at Allidade really knows that the heart of the company is in our relationship with our customers. And I think in implementation, we have this really unique opportunity to start that relationship off right um, and really foster that that trust right from the outset. Steph, you have experience in the EHR world, as yes. many folks here at Allidade do. Um, what are the similarities and differences to doing a EHR implementation and what we are setting up for our practices in terms of long-term relationships and, mm -hmm. and trust and, and ongoing service? Um, how different does it look 
from an EHR implementation. Yeah, it's it's interesting because coming from the EHR world, I thought that the transition over to Allidade was going to be fairly obvious, right? I've done implementations for 10 years now. My assumption was that the skills required were pretty much the same thing. Um, and this was just simply a new company, a new brand to do the same thing. Uh, I found quite quickly that that's not the case. So we do have incredible technology to support our practices through value-based care. We give data that no other companies are able to give to practices. Um, but that said, it's also about the service and it's about really helping practices through change management. A typical EHR implementation is really focused on how does the technology fit into their existing workflows, right? So, you know, how does the front desk function with this new computer in front of them? How do providers interact with their patients while also trying to take notes at the same time? Um, it's much more centered around the technology. Um, the shift over from uh, to value-based care at Allidade, that is a fundamental culture shift at a practice. And that, I would say, is the most important part of the role of an implementation specialist here at Allidade. Can we help our practices really weather that change? Because value-based care, as everyone knows, is a value is a team-based sport, right? So everyone needs to be aligned in this. Um, and it's not necessarily relying upon a system to do the hard stuff for us. Um, we really need the people to be engaged and, and really excited about what we're trying to achieve. Can you help me be a little more granular on it? What does it mean to do an implementation here? Yeah. Um, so generally, we, sp we start our implementation processes by listening, right? I think that that's, that's one of the more critical components of our process and assessment. Well, when you say that, say that you do listening, so you you set up a meeting with the practice, you tell them we're gonna be putting in what? Exactly. So we'll set up a primary, a preliminary meeting with the practice. Um, we ask them questions about what they're doing today. So oftentimes practices will come to us with experience in value-based care. So we want a baseline. Where, what are they doing in terms of annual wellness visits? Are they doing anything in terms of, you know, ED follow-up as an example, or you know, whatever other interventions they may be doing today? That helps us understand where we're starting um, in terms of the implementation. Uh, another thing that we're really trying to poke at as we're speaking with our practices. Um, is understanding what their previous EHR experiences have been and learning from those experiences. So how can we make Allidade different for them? How can we make it less, quite frankly, dehumanizing than some of their EHR implementation experiences have been? Um, so we really are looking to baseline and understand not only what they're doing at the practice today, um, but also what type of support and what type of relationship works best for that organization. Not to belabor the EHR point, but is that usually the analog for them? And is that helpful or harmful with that initial interaction? Yeah, I, I do think it is mostly... Most often, yes, I would say that is the analog for them. Um, at this stage of the game, it's a replacement market. Many uh, practices have undergone multiple EHR implementations at this point um, with varying degrees of experience, right? Very varying degrees of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I truly feel like it can be dehumanizing at times. Um, and I think that, you know, again, they're coming to us with these experience of, you know, physicians just want, in many cases, just to see their patients, just to help people. Um, you know, everyone wants to do a good job at the end of the day, you know, depending upon how they're defining a good job in their world. Um, and I think that when you introduce an EHR, you're moving their cheese a little bit. You're changing how they do their job every single day. Um, you're also changing how they run their business every single day. Um, and that can be, as you said, quite traumatizing. Change management is difficult for anyone. I would say that uh, the rigor of medicine presents a unique challenge. We started with listening and yes. hearing what they're already doing. Yeah. 
what's next? Like take us through that process, the rest of that process. Yeah. So again, the purpose of the implementation team is building trust, right? So the first thing is demonstrating that we understand their perspective. We understand what they've been through. The next part is following through on that understanding. So demonstrating that we, we heard them, um, and also creating confidence and allocate our knowledge and what we can do for practices. And so, um, marrying, for example, recommendations on a workflow, um, that are, are core to Allidade, um, with what the practice is trying to achieve in the relationship is, is really step two. So it is workflow consultation essentially. Um, but with that, it's also, you know, mirroring what they do today and, and trying to make it relevant to them as well. Steph, we, we've talked about your experience in the EHR world and how this diverges as we've talked about on here before. Allidade does not have an EHR. Right. It has its own software, the Allidade application or the app um, that is a, a data aggregator and a workflow driver and a, really a hub for folks uh, seeking to do high value uh, care for their patients, which is fantastic and why we're all here. Um, but there's more to it than just that software, right? So um, when you do the implementation, are you just implementing usage of the software or are there other elements to it as well? No, there's definitely other elements as well. I think that, you know, the data that's provided through the Allidate app is a critical component of what we offer our practices. And without that insight, it's really tricky to be able to execute on value-based care workflows. Um, but we also do a lot of heavy lifting as it relates to supporting our practices through change management. Um, again, like I mentioned previously, we do workflow consultation. Um, and ultimately, we help practices set goals, which I think is probably one of the most critical parts of what we do. Um, and those goals are going to be specific to our practices, what's achievable for them, um, what is in line with what they're trying to accomplish with the relationship with Allidade. Um, so goal setting is a pretty critical part of our process as well. Are there typical challenges that you hit? Yeah, I mean, it varies very much uh, depending upon the practice and also geography in many cases. So we are, as you know, a, a national company. And so with that, I think, you know, a practice that's in Arkansas must you know, have very different expectations than a practice that, let's say, is in Delaware. Um, there will be some commonalities across the board, but I think that we need to take into account the uniqueness of both those practice dynamics as well as patient populations. Um, so yes, I think that there's uniqueness there as well. And you think it's geographical. And I ask that because I have been really struck even doing this podcast from the people we've spoken to yeah. that it seems more like there are people who really want to be on the cutting edge and people who you know don't want their cheese moved yeah and that it's been surprisingly ungeographic and unrelated to you know urban rural yeah i think that there is a geographic component but i don't think it's strictly that in any way um you will have a practice surprisingly in the middle of the city in new york that is technophobic and it's like they have people in iphones in their waiting room and they're looking to check in on their ipad but yet you know the poor practice manager is struggling with the computer in front of her so no i don't think it's restricted to, to geography and there are you know technophobic practices as an example um or change resistant practices or well my way has worked why do i need to do it differently. Um, many practices are resistant to being told, quote unquote, what to do. Um, you know, coming from several years ago when we had the whole meaningful use uh, scenario where we were taking physicians and saying, in order to get compensated, you have to do this thing, we're still recovering from that. Um, and I think that that's why really listening to our providers and making sure we're responding to what they're saying to us helps give them a feeling of control um, in a world where historically they've, they've lost it a little bit. Does it always go smoothly? 
<laughs> I mean, we're perfect, obviously. Yeah. No, I mean, of course it doesn't always go smoothly. There's going to be wrinkles. There's going to be problems. Um, and I think that, you know, as we approach our work, this is where our purpose really comes into play. And this is where, um, this is really our opportunity, um, to, to demonstrate that we value the relationship with the customer. Um, so, you know, if something goes wrong, we don't simply reflect on a process and say, well, this is, this is how we do things. Um, if our purpose is to build a solid foundation of a relationship, we need to understand what went wrong and we need to do everything we can to make it right quickly. Um, so I think that with the focus on the relationship, it makes that, um, that issue resolution much more smooth and it empowers my team to simply do the right thing by the practice as opposed to, um, leaning on a process that clearly didn't work or, or failed our practice in many cases. One other thing I've heard our CEO say that I, I've liked a lot is just that the physicians and the practice are our customer, yeah. period. And I've actually found that very helpful. When yeah. things don't go well and you're trying to figure out what the right thing to do is, it actually makes it easy. We're going to try to do what makes their lives easier. Yeah, that's a huge focus in the quality world is is they are our customer first period. Um, and I think that that's, you know, if you really take those words in and if you really listen to them and embody them, that is a shift in mindset, right? Like we are not, it, it really hones in what we're trying to achieve with our practices. And again, that is that relationship that we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And when you say quality, you mean quality broadly, not necessarily quality as it relates to um, quality measures, let's say, for, yes. for healthcare. Because I think um, one of the things that I was struck by is how we as a company um, hold ourselves to a really high standard with that customer focus, including the way we measure customer satisfaction is in keeping with any consumer um, brand, the top brands, you know, that, that everyone can think of that are, you know, household names. We're trying to achieve that lofty standard of customer satisfaction. And as we're talking, I'm struck by how you and your team are really at the leading edge of that. Like you're the first mile of that customer experience. Yeah. And we, we do take that role very seriously, right? I think that, um, some of the companies that have been really successful and those known companies that you just referenced, one of the things that they've done so right is they've made that initial introduction really, really easy. Um, and that's our goal, right? We want to make it as simple and seamless as possible for our practices, um, mimicking some of those that have been more successful in, in other markets in regards to quality service. It's interesting to think about when people think about physicians, you typically think that they get treated so well everywhere they go. But if I've been a hospital physician and you don't feel that way when you're um, getting quality report demands from a payer, from an insurance provider, or the hospital comes down with some new quality initiative, you often don't feel like a customer who people are taking care of. And Allidade yeah. really does come in with that. It's probably a nice thing for them. And I think that that's that's one of the most interesting parts of of what we're doing as well. And, and you, that, you hit the nail on the head, Josh, is like, if providers are not being treated with respect and care, how do, what, what's the effect of that, right? Like, I think it's very difficult to then turn around and treat your patients with respect and care if you feel disrespected. And it's never a malicious thing, but everybody has a good day and a bad day. And if you're starting out your day with pressures that feel insurmountable or with being treated like, you know, if you're being put in a position where you feel 
uncomfortable, right? Which quite frankly, being put in front of a computer when you're trying to work with a patient is an uncomfortable thing. It can be very difficult to deliver that quality care. And that's the laser focus that I want my team to have is how do we make this not only great for our providers and our clinicians, but great for our patients as well. That's nice to think about, you know, in in mental health, the, the saying is that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to think about here that we could be sort of breaking that cycle within the medical community to some small degree. Even. Yeah. And we've, we've referenced it on here before, but I know that in the, uh, the restaurant industry, you know, Danny Meyer, uh, who's a luminary in that field, writes about how um, basically taking care of people who are providing service, people mm-hmm. who care for, taking care of people who care for others um, and how important that is. Uh, and, you know, we, we've certainly tried to do that here and try to do that with our practices um, as a goal. And it strikes me that much of what you're talking about or what we're discussing here uh, with regards to these relationships is antithetical to this focus, this relentless focus on scaling and finding scalable solutions. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting question. And I, I to be honest, it's something that I grappled with when I first started, because to me, those two things are mutually exclusive, right? Scale, efficiency, doing things quickly and delivering stellar customer experiences. Like those two things cannot possibly happen at the same time. Um, And as I really started to dig into quality experiences and how to achieve them as well as scale, I found that not only are they not mutually exclusive, but they're interdependent. Um, It's critical that you treat your your customers with respect and care so that you're delivering an experience that doesn't result in a detracting escalation, right? Like, so you're not spending all of this time um, trying to make the relationship right. It's right from the get-go. So I think that those two things uh, actually play quite nicely together. Um, Another component of it too is, you know, making sure that we're making the most use of a clinician's time. Um, That is not you know, time is, is very valuable. It's precious for us all. Um, but I think that where relationships start to go south is if it feels like you're not being respectful of the person's time. And so that speaks immediately to scale, right? Are we being strategic in terms of meetings that we're having or pulling, you know, pulling physicians away from patients? Like, is that the right thing to do? And if so, are we getting the right thing out of it that meets our shared goals? Um, so being really strategic about, about use of time, meetings, things like that as well, that speaks to quality, but that also speaks to scale. Steph, do you feel like you're always collecting data points on good and bad service as you think about how that could inform the the role of implementation here at Allidain? Absolutely. I mean, I think that we experience customer service every day and everything that we do. Um, and, you know, I'd be glib not to glean from those experiences what's working and what's not. Um, I recently attended a course on customer service and quality, and I think with that, it's made me even more hyper aware of what those good experiences are and bad. Um, You think about those companies that when you think of them, they just brings a smile to your face. You enjoy doing business with them. Um, You know, for example, I travel a lot for work. And when I travel, um, I leave my dog with a a boarding company. When I walk into that boarding company, I'm greeted by name. My dog is excited to be there. They take great care of him. They always, you know, they'll send me pictures 
pictures of how he's doing and all of these little touches that don't necessarily cost them anything, but they make me a loyal customer. They make me comfortable and confident in their services. That is, you know, sort of something that I'd like us to try to replicate, obviously not with dogs, (laughs) but, you know, ultimately can we, in interacting with our customers, bring smiles to their faces, make them feel cared for, make them feel confident in what we're trying to achieve together. Um, You know, also absorbing some of those poor experiences as well. You know, you find yourself um, a little bit more, um, you know, fired up if you have if you have one of those difficult experiences and you actually want to talk to the person about why it was an Mm -hmm. uncomfortable experience. Um, And I've actually done that in in cases as well. This has been interesting for me, Joe. You're probably less surprised given that you're more uh, involved in this sort of day-to-day work here at the company that I thought we were going to be talking today more about just the technical challenges Mm -hmm. and did not appreciate how much thought goes into making sure that you're providing good customer service. Yeah. And I think because it's also in many cases, the more difficult hill to climb, Um, you know, technology is technology. We have a great product. We have a great app. um, And, you know, the data speaks for itself. Our ability to give practices insight um, into their patient population is unparalleled. Um, you know, there are other companies that can do similar things. What sets us apart, you know, and, and that's really in our relationship with our practices and, and again, valuing that customer experience. And we referenced that Allidate is focusing on scale and growing as a company. Uh, are you, are you growing the implementation team? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, as we continue to take on more and more markets, as we start to expand to different states throughout the country, um, we are going to need folks to support that work. So we are growing the team, um, particularly as we start to expand west. Um, it's important for us to have um, folks that are, have similar hours and similar support um, to be able to offer West Coast support as well. And what's next beyond that geographic expansion? Like, what do you? What's on the horizon for uh, new and better ways to to implement? what Allidate is, is bringing to practices? Yeah, I think it's getting the performance happening as soon as we possibly can. So, um, you know, again, I always think of, you know, you buy a new car, you don't typically wait six months before you drive off the lot and appreciate that new car. Um, you buy a new relationship with Allidate, um, you know, you don't want to wait six months before you can appreciate that value. So how do we help customers realize the value of Allidade soon um, upon signing a contract with us? So I think that that's huge. Um, and also putting them in a better position early on in the relationship um, to achieve shared savings as well. Um, so can we get them performing before their first performance mm-hmm. year even starts? Um, that way, the performance year itself is less stressful for the practice and feels much less like a game of catch up for them. And with that roadmap in mind, um, what skills make somebody good at this? Like, what do you look for as you're growing the team? Yeah, not to belabor the point of the relationship, but I think that consultation and the ability to actually form a relationship is going to be critical. Can they actively listen? Can they problem solve? Um, Do you have the ability to um, really help a physician or a clinician feel heard? Um, and, and turn that hearing into a solution that, that feels right to the practice. Um, I'd be remiss not to acknowledge the project management that should happen. Um, but as you mentioned, as we think about scale, um, we're not interested in someone that can simply just check the box of I did this task. Um, we, want it, we want folks on the floor that are thinking about how do I make this task better? How do I make this a better experience internally for our staff or externally for our practices? Um, so are they able to think critically not only about their interactions with customers, but also about the work that they do as well? 
Well, Steph Gallup, Implementation Specialist here at Allidade, we should probably wrap up so you have enough time to check the puppy cam before <laughs> your next meeting. I intend to. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Thank you.